guys and girls and everybody. This is Lissa Mandel from the Bitch Seat Podcast. As some of you may know, we are a part of the Atlantic Transmission Network, which is a network that puts out all kinds of great podcasts. A great way to support our show and our sister shows is to visit theatlantictransmission.com and click on the Amazon link at the top of the homepage. It's all the same great Amazon stuff at the same great price, but we get a small piece for sending you there. So if you want to keep shows like The Bitch Seat going, keep us happy, then, uh, you know, throw in your pennies. You don't even have to pay anything extra. Okay. Hey, everyone. Hey, guys. It's the Bitch Seat Podcast. Welcome. I'm Lissa. I'm Phil. And it's been... It's been... A, a while. Few, oh, uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Three weeks. I don't know. You know what? It's I always, a while. I always know you're excited to do it because if you're dancing when to like the music, if you're like bobbing your head, it means that you're into it. Um, <laughs> I've, as opposed to the times when when the intro music when we're happens just staring and I'm just at each here, other, just like, like yeah, we've either just my wrists, yeah, <laughs> or it's just a bad day, or we're we're overdrafted or something, or I'm overdrafted. <laughs> you're fine. I, I, you've probably got yeah. Anyway, if you guys are new, this is the bitch seat. Welcome. Uh, if you uh, are interested in this show, you can keep listening or stop right here. Please don't. Uh, and go back and uh, check out the many episodes because we're closing in on a hundred. We gotta not until not until May. I well, mean, that was like, an early. Listen, we got it. We got an early. What uh, we're closing in on is four years of the show existing uh, in February. 2018 that makes four years of the bitch seat uh not the podcast but the show in general and anyway um if you were in the los angeles area we're going to have a live show celebrating this four-year anniversary on uh, february 22nd at 9 p.m at the nerdist showroom at meltdown comics Correct. uh stay tuned for um for the lineup you can check for that at lissamandel.com uh slash the Dash bitch dash seat <laughs> seat, and you can follow us on Twitter. Even though I'm kind of really mad at Twitter right now, and I haven't really opened that app in a while. Given... Why are you mad at Twitter? Let's hear it. Oh, you know because um, they continue to support the tweets of our dictator, and uh, even when he's making nuclear threats. Um, and uh, saying that his button is bigger and all this stupid yeah, shit. Yeah, but I mean, they're mostly comparing buttons and fur coats. So these buttons aren't really... Uh, Listen, uh, people have tried to report, like hundreds of people, thousands of people tried to report that tweet and they didn't take it down, so... I know, but if you go on Facebook and say men are scum, you're immediately taken down. Did you know that? I did know that. I know several women who suffered at the hands of that. Yep. And there's some men. Uh, a friend of mine, Pete, got kicked off Facebook. You know what? Uh, it's kind of garbage. In light this of is... in light of net neutrality about to happen, everybody should just be writing their own shit on their own personal websites because you can control the content. Yeah, it's true. It's true. And Ajit Pai, you can go fuck yourself. Okay. Um, all, right. all right. Please don't use my podcast for that. Sorry. Thing. I mean, sorry. I uh, agree, sorry. but you know. Anyway. Our guest today is the lovely Gabby Conti, who Don't say is supposed to be in my life for many reasons, but you know, I've I've met her through old friends, um, Allison Costa, who I may have mentioned once or twice or a hundred times on this show. And uh she will be with us in a moment. 
And before that, Phil, Yo. I'm going to read a diary entry from the original Satin. Oh, man. With the point shoes on the front starring, and the rose. That's the original Satin starring Kim Cattrall. There's no Kim Cattrall in my diary. No, but also there's no Christy Swanson, but she's in Satin, too. That's that's see that's right, the right 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 right. This is the progression of mannequin. Mannequin one is Kim Cattrall. Mannequin two as as Christy Swanson, and then you know eventually Christy Swanson gets to sire a whole series, but then uh, uh, Sarah, which uh, what's her face, gets to take the, get all the glory. I've Sarah been, Michelle Geller. I've Buffy. Never seen mannequin. Okay. Um, <laughs> so I guess this relationship is over. Well, three year old Phil would be horrified, but thirty four year old Phil. Is still horrified. Doesn't care. Um, well, and I'm still horrified. May of 1995, is that what we're going to be talking That's about? That's what we're talking about. Okay. Uh, number one song of May 1995 was uh, a little number by Montel Jordan called This Is How We Do It, and it dominated the entire month of 95, of May 95. I, wow, I feel like I was just thinking about that song. Uh, yes, of course it was. It you can't get rid of that song. No, it's so good though. It's such a perfect it instructional. It puts me in such a place. Mostly the school bus um, to Hebrew school on Wednesday evenings. I think it's uh, is where I would hear it. Well, the place for me was when my friends would all we would all gather on a Friday night and then drink uh, ginger beer, which was not alcoholic. But then my friend Matt would put an ice cube in his belly button and, and dance around to this is how we do it. And then we'd all laugh at him. Purcelli? Purcelli. We can't oh, really weirdo. mention his name. He's... This man is about to be a father times two. Yeah. Very upstanding individual. Uh, works at like, I'm not even going to say what industry he works in because I, do, I would hate to incriminate him as an ice cube bandit. Uh, the other movies, the other thing in the, the movies at the time uh, included the Englishman who went up a hill and came down a mountain. Oh, yes. Remember that? Uh, Die Hard with a Vengeance, the best Die Hard sequel. Agreed. Uh, and also a top quality Fourth of July movie. <laughs> uh, there is, There exists an episode where I'm arguing the case of Die Hard as a Christmas movie somewhere in the world. Um, and there's a lot more Crimson Tide, one of the last few like serious Gene Hackman like starring movies before he decided he's going to write kids books instead. You know the reason why Gene Hackman is no longer acting is because he can no longer memorize his lines. Is that the truth? Yeah. Because he's writing books like a madman. Well, that doesn't require memorization. It requires some sort of mental elasticity of... uh... Sure. I I thought that was Jack Nicholson. Either way, that's sad. Either way, he's earned whatever the fuck he wants. Sure. He's one of my favorite actors, uh, him and Jack Nicholson. And stay tuned for next week when some, uh, you know... Speculation comes out about him, and you're no longer allowed to say that on air. Well, we all know Jack Nicholson was a freak. Is is was is I don't mean I don't know. Maybe he's maybe he's calmed down. I doubt that. Once a freak, always a freak. Fair. Okay, I'm gonna read this. Okay. Sure, go right ahead. Uh, so this 1995, I think I was in um sixth grade. Yeah, we had Greek and Roman day. Okay, sixth grade. Okay. As the days go by, ever growing longer, I find my mind journeying to places I wouldn't dare dream of before. Lately, I've been so lost in my obsession with wondering what the future will bring, I have no time to enjoy myself. The the dance recital came and left like a cherished breeze on a hot summer day. It drained me and made my head swell with depressing memories. 
Now that Tim is once again going out with Geraldine, I'm finally beginning to realize I haven't got a chance with him. However, for once in my lifetime, I'm being optimistic without trying, opening doors of fate to other possibilities. For one, when I was out to dinner, Allison and Megan called me from New Jersey saying they'd call back. The only reason mom could think of was, it's about Ricky. Ricky is Allison's cousin, who I had a crush on at the time. Not this Allison, a different Allison. You knew a lot of Allison. I did. I, my two best friends were both named Allison at the time. And I felt my face get hot at once. I realized I missed him. When will I see him again? Refresh my memory of his adorable freckled face, his talented ability to rollerblade, and play just about every sport there is. Most of all, though, when will I ever work up the courage to talk to him? When I think of Ricky and the crush I have on him, I wonder if Allison wasn't his cousin, would she feel the same way? Ew, that's fucked up. (laughs) Another option I've been thinking of, I dare not tell a soul but myself. Jameson. When Leah finally brought him into my life by going out with him, I began to get insanely jealous. Of course, I didn't want to admit this to anyone, especially not Leah. I would never hear the end of it. But after Leah broke up with, in quotes, broke up with him, he became sort of like a hazy shadow in my mind. Alas, at the hospice concert on Wednesday, of course, a a group of children singing at the hospice. This is the thing that we did that was just featured on South Park this season, if you'll recall, Phil. Yes. Alas, at the hospice concert on Wednesday, I couldn't help but feast my eyes on him the whole time. He looked like such an innocent little boy in the purple cummerbund tie and suspenders. This is what we had to fucking wear. Uh, His smile was so sheepish looking. He looked so shy. Like many times in my life, I felt myself fall into a dreamy thinking thing. Remember those? And watched him as much as I could for the rest of the night. Sometimes he looked back at me. I felt like a million dollars. But the thing that really annoyed me that night was the car arrangement, in quotes. During the first ride to hospice from Baldwin Middle School, he rode in the van with Michelle, Leah, and Kyle. I was jealous of Leah and Michelle, but of course there would be other rides that night. The next ride was from hospice to Friendly's. I went in Michelle's van this time, hoping the car arrangement would be the same as last time. Jameson went with Trevor. I was depressed, but there would be more. one more ride. Surely, I thought... Now that Trevor will be going straight home, Jameson will ride back to Baldwin with Michelle's mom. I went to Michelle's car and glanced out the window to find Jameson climbing into my car. I felt like steam was coming out of my ears, like a cartoon character. I wanted to scream and pull my hair out, but of course all I could do was sit helplessly and watch. Why aren't I going in my car? I scolded myself, feeling frustrated. It turned out that Michelle's mom was dropping me straight at home and not stopping at Baldwin after all. For the first time in my life, I was jealous of my mother. Do you believe it? My own mother. At dinner, (laughs) when she talked about Jameson going in her car, I felt my face flame. Of course, I wasn't purposely making it obvious, but I could tell mom was getting a hint about what I felt about him. Oh, well, what can I do about it anyway? That's all. Love, LMN. Well, you know... Go ahead. No, go. I realized... So you know how I I write like... uh, like I'm in a Jane Austen novel. Yeah. Uh, well, so I, I just recently started rereading A Wrinkle in Time, which yep. Maria, uh, my dear roommate and friend, gave to me for Christmas. And that's how the writing is. You know, it's very proper because it was written in the 60s. So speech was a slightly different thing. And I absorbed that and put it into my journal. You know, I can see that. I read that around the same time. Yeah. Around that age. Um, I love the dream things. Whatever the thinking, thinking things. things. Well, I didn't like the. I, didn't, I lived there. Yes, I didn't like to use the word fantasies because it 
it creeped me out in the way that some people don't like the word moist. I didn't like the word fantasy. No, because... fantasy is the moist of fiction. Yeah, but I know ne- I never had a problem with the word moist, but whatever. Me neither. Oh, good. Yeah, I. Uh, it's a popular thing to hate. I love how every time there's a journal entry that I haven't heard yet, there's I a... discover <laughs> another fucking crush. <laughs> You've liked everybody that I've that every boy that you mentioned. I, I mean, obviously, it's a diary. I mean, what are you gonna do? Mention boys you don't like in there? I mean, it's especially this age. I mean, it was just all because I hit puberty at 11 when I was in fifth grade. So I had a million crushes all the time. I I wasn't sexually into anybody. I just thought everybody was cute and none of them ever returned the feeling. But we know that already. Uh, Anyway, (laughs) uh, the Jameson thing I forgot about that probably lasted for Jameson. Oh, uh, that's great. Yeah. And then 10 years later, you're like, hey, Jameson, can I do a shot? No, I like I like Bullet, personally. Of course. Fancy. And Maker's Mark. Oh. See, I, I, I'm classic. I don't do J-Mo. J- no J-Mo? No. And funny thing is, at the time, there was a wrestling character called Jameson, who was a nerd who just got beat up for amusement. And he was, uh, right around this time, his name was Jameson. So I always, I always huh. associated Jameson with... Uh, a strange, bespeckled nerd. Oh, this Jameson wasn't bespeckled. He was kind of nerdy. But, you know, I was into freckles. That was the thing. Ah, yeah. And no, not freckled, but bespeckled. Freckled <laughs> and bespeckled. <laughs> uh, okay. Okay. Let's get to it, shall sure. we? Sure. Thing. Hold on one second. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's the winter, even in Los Angeles, oh, guys. <laughs> Sorry, I just noticed, like, my my speech was inhibited by the amount of just stuff in the way. We love of TMI my here at the bitch seat. Um, that's what we're for. Hey, by the way, if you're listening to this, uh, go ahead and download, subscribe, review, tell your friends. Yeah, about I was it. getting there. We got this. We we kind of got diverted by. Uh, it's fine. It's fine. But uh, yeah, Google iTunes Play and uh, Google Google Tunes, Stitcher, Stitch, uh, Stitcher, Switcher. And uh, Treasure, we got you here. Bye, guys. No, stop. <laughs> All right. Okay. Just, so our sorry. guest today is uh, a new friend of mine and a delight. Uh, she is a storyteller, a stand-up, uh, a host. You may recognize her name and face from Elite Daily. And she hosts a show called Show and Storytell, which the bitch seat loves because it feels like kind of a sister show. Please welcome Gabby Conti. Okay, Gabby is wearing a red hat. Yeah. Uh, also, it's- a heavy shoulder padded blazer of some sort. Maybe, maybe yellow. Maybe kind of uh, lavender somewhere in between there. You know, because you could go between there. Yeah. At a certain time. We see uh, the doors at the end of the hallway to the high school swing open, and there is her silhouette. She's wearing uh, pointy kitten heel boots with the rest of this getup. Everybody turns to look at her. And she uh, dances her way down the hallway. All the lockers are closing on either side of yeah. her. And she's carrying a notebook covered in sparkly stickers. And she goes to write a note to somebody and, like, put it in their locker. And, like, she takes out a pen and it has kind of like a, one of those pom- like uh, pom-poms on the top of it. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, she slips it into the locker and then, like, dances by. And glitter follows her yeah, wherever gl- she goes. Yeah, kind of. Puffs. 
Yeah, <laughs> puffs, of glitter, puffs of glitter, but also like a stream, like a jet stream of glitter, a glitter stream. Hi, Gabby. Welcome. <laughs> oh man, I wish that was like that was what I was like in high school. <laughs> that was like what I thought I was in my head, but really I was just this like really quiet, weird theater kid. <laughs> <laughs> well, join the club. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> And where did you go to high school? Staples High School uh, in Westport, Connecticut. Right. Which is where yes. my mom used to take me to the craft fair. Oh, yes. They have a Every very year. big craft fair. Yes. <laughs> that's what you do with your mother in that's Connecticut. exactly. Go to the craft fair. Wow. That's crazy. <laughs> so what were you actually wearing at the time? Um, I probably was wearing, let's see. So I was in high school from 2002, no, 2001, 2005. Right? Yes, four that, years. Not that's... I didn't go for like longer than four years. <laughs> <laughs> Were you a super super uh, senior? I was a super super senior. Um, yeah, so four years, and so it was like early two thousand. So my getup, I think, was Abercrombie. A lot of Abercrombie. Oh, hey, Abercrombie! Yes. What? What? Well, so oh god, I modeled for Abercrombie. What? When what? I was a sophomore in high school. In high school, yeah. <gasps> oh, you were that guy. And you weren't a theater nerd if you were modeling for well, Abercrombie. Here's the thing. Uh, no, I was, and then I modeled for Abercrombie, but my picture never made it anywhere in the store. Oh no! But I got, <laughs> but I have the pictures, which was like really dope, and it was like cool to like be an app, like call myself an Abercrombie model. So that's what everyone knew me as. But I was like so quiet, and I had like few, very few friends. And then I found my place in theater, and that was like my friends were like my theater friends, who are still my friends. One of my friends from theater, like, is still my friend today, lives in LA. Amazing. Yeah, we were double cast in Into the Woods as a really small part. Because <laughs> that's what they always do in theater. They like double cast the small parts, which is like so sad. Wait, I don't yeah. remember that. They didn't double cast the big parts? They some, some, but then there, there were like certain performers where they're like, oh no, we would never like du double cast her because she's so talented and like no one else could compare to her kind of. And then there were the other ones that were like, well, they're both equally talented, so we'll double cast them. But like, let's give them both a shot. Yeah. It's yeah. not really much of a shot, but yeah. it's a shot. They would do this thing in my high school where instead of double casting, they would just cut the part half and give it to two people what which is so stupid but it was i mean you know it, it was uh it was what it was and uh I, I feel like i have to stop talking about or specifically talking about my high school because people will eventually be like stop. nobody cares no one cares no one cares uh you're right nobody's listening we're shouting into the void it's fine like when we did joseph the narrator was split in two that's and, so confusing but the narrator is a large yeah part. sure but it was also, it just became a competition. Mm. So it, we were all party to a competition. It was pretty fun. Do you guys remember, like did, you, did you do uh, speed throughs? Yes. In high school? No. Of the play? Yeah, like for, like the last, last, last rehearsal. Uh, we like used, you had the dress rehearsal and then there was a speed through. We would do a thing uh, during tech where you could do a prank on stage, but it had to be like one prank. Yeah. Oh, like, oh no. And so that. when we were doing Into the Woods, they like broke out for like really quickly into uh, Queen. I think it was, I don't know. Oh, it's a Queen Bohemian Rhapsody for like a second. And then they went back into it. And that was like considered to be like the best prank you could do because and ev after that, every class would just like go crazy and like mess it up. Yeah. We ruined it for each other because we, because we would do two weekends and the middle weekend or the middle, the week before the two weekends between them. Ah. Uh, we would have one rehearsal where you could do that, mm -hmm. but everybody went yeah, too far, too far yeah. and then they had to stop and then run the show again without any mm. fuck ups. Yeah, you can't you you give you give high schoolers an inch and that will take a mile. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, okay, you brought this amazing treasure with you. This is too much. 
This it's is it's way this too much. never too much. This is not as eloquent or as nice as yours. This is a, like a crazy person scrapbook that I started in Good. high school uh, when I had my first boyfriend, Miles. It didn't last very long. Uh, and then I like just kept updating it. It's very, um, my, my actual high school sweetheart's name was Phil. Hey. And so it's very Phil heavy because a lot of it was about our journey. We like dated in high school. He was a senior. I was a junior. He left to go to college at NYU and it was like very murky. And we like cut it because like New York's very close to Westport. Yeah, so we, but like, it when, didn't so work. when you go to college. No, it was, no, but like no, I was over. like hope, hoping it would. And then we like fought forever. And so like it's a lot about that. And then like I kept kind of updating it. I even have like st- scraps from my current boyfriend. And then. I updated it um, at the end of 2016 when I was just like so done with dating. I probably went on like close to 100 first dates, like what? online dates on, in 2016. Because mm. I was like 29. I was like freaking out. I was like, oh my God, I need to find love. Oh, yes. This is what your book is about. This is what my book is about, which I, I don't even know if my book is even going to be a thing anymore. But <laughs> I have this. <laughs> so, so, yes. For, for the listeners, what we're looking at here is a diary that is, it's like the size of a regular hardcover book. It is pink. It is covered with pink seed beads, light and dark pink. And in the center, there's like a a beaded heart. And this book is stuffed to the gills with with papers and pictures and scraps and all kinds of things. Uh, There's AIM conversations in here that I printed out. I think I still have some of those too. <laughs> like I printed out like things like what if, like Phil and I got into a fight. I would like print it out and like analyze it, kind of like how you analyze text messages yep. now. This was um, the old school way. Yeah, this was the old school way. Uh, and then there's like love notes that I either sent or received from like pe- from the guys I was dating, and then a lot of like photo booth pictures, and then a lot of stuff actually like from my from my boyfriend right now um, that I like kept because he's like very sentimental and like cute. So. Um, yeah. So, okay, would you mind reading us an excerpt? Uh, whatever is, you know. Well, you know what I did find as I was, because I was like flipping through this when you guys were doing the intro, is I have, um, well, do you want to, do you want me to read you, uh, like a love letter that someone sent me, or do you want me to read like my original work? You should be reading what my, you wrote. What I wrote. Yes. Okay. Because yes. I've noticed something with all the love letters is they all start where they talk about like how long we've been dating. Like they're like the past six months or the past two months. Like, why do they like? Yeah, because that because <laughs> because so funny. we were, were alive for a much shorter time. Yeah, so a, six months was a long was period a long of time. And also, your social life is not twelve months. It's somewhere between September and June, and then the summer is sort of you know grab no something. man's land. Yeah, and you're you basically have to hold on to your connections or else you're stuck in yeah in yeah. no man's land. Yeah. Um, okay, so I actually have poetry that I wrote. Great. And that I printed out, and I think I even read what this. What is this page? Oh, I like drew things. Oh, there's a lot of, there's also a lot of song lyrics and like quotes that I put in here. Do you want me to read this page to you? I don't know. <laughs> just, it just looked very colorful. It's very colorful. I loved markers. Yeah, uh, I see like every, it's almost like a serial killer notebook because every page is written in with totally different kinds of writing utensils and, and some of them have like crazy paint stains on yeah. them and there's no um there's also no I didn't really date all of the entries which sucks I wish I did um because like some of them it's like oh five and then oh like <laughs> there's an aim conversation <laughs> okay sorry I'm gonna find the poem I wrote that I I think I read aloud in English class which is makes me like really uncomfortable oh that's so that I oh that. yeah uncomfortable I, like, like so uncomfortable that I was like this is really not good sorry I wish I had this oh here it is this is my poem May 2004 so I guess May 2004 yeah Phil and I were dating junior year right Jun- this is my junior year yeah. um right before prom and I think what was happening is that I didn't know if I was going to j- senior prom with Phil 
And so we were like fighting a lot. And he like said he was going to bring his best friend, his like best girlfriend at one point. And you were like, aren't we together? Yeah. And then he like finally asked me and there's like a picture. of that. But I was like, I was like really upset about this. Uh, so I drew a heart and a fast forward. I think that's fast yeah, forward. Yeah, it's I'm a fast dyslexic. forward from a VCR. From a VCR uh, in red and then May 2004. And I read this out loud in English. <laughs> <laughs> Love in fast forward. I cried when I realized it's ending on a crammed Friday night that needed mending. Crashed your horn and cried my name. I cringed, yet carried on the same. I crept into the car. We crawled towards the beach that wasn't far. The rhyme scheme is so bad. That night was strange, tension in our range. Something wasn't right. Our conversation took circular flight. You uh, parked the car in a crowded lot instead of our desolate spot. Outside, the moon was big and bright, emitting a glow in its surrounding sight. Waves crashed and kissed the shore. Thoughts creaked inside me more. Inside your car was lit by the dashboard. Our faces in its green glow poured. Uh, as usual, the colors surrounding us were serene. Murmuring in the background was the sound of Queen. I was really into Queen in high school. <laughs> <laughs> you jokingly sang along. I pretended that I knew that song. We sat apart, then we spoke. The stress in our language croaked. I forced my lips to create calm speech, yet inside tension clung to me like a leech. Time was speeding by. I bottled up feelings and cries. You lit that match. And then I then I quoted Queen. I want to ride my bicycle. I guess that was the song that was playing. <laughs> I want to ride my bicycle. I want to ride it where I like. You say black, I say white. You say bark, I say bite. So I skipped ahead some lyrics. Out loud very, in English class. Very angsty. Very did, you, did you write it for, was it an assignment for English class? Is that why you typed it up? I think so. I think we like had to write poetry. And I was like also really into Joni Mitchell at the time, and like oh I guess yeah, that, that's Queen when, and Joni Mitchell, Queen and Joni Mitchell. Like, yeah. I love it. So, did your parents listen to a lot of classic stuff around the house? Is um, that why you loved it? Well, my dad listened to a lot of Sinatra, and then and Joni, like he introduced me to Joni Mitchell, and and then I, and a lot of like smooth jazz. <laughs> CD 101.9. Did you know that? Like, yeah. CD 101.9. Yeah. CD 101.9. You know. It was right? like, oh, it we was... didn't have that, or we didn't listen to that. We had that. It was so like guess... Sade. Sade. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do your parents do? Uh, they are, well, they met in advertising. They used to work in an advertising agency together in New York. Um, and then they started a company together, a production company, uh, where they do like, ra my dad does radio commercials primarily. Oh, cool. Yeah. He writes, produces, and directs them. And did you ever go into the studio? Oh, all the time. And I go, I always, he, that's why he never wanted me to be an actor because we would go to, I would see sessions. He would take me to casting sessions and to see like a whole line of like, you know, 50 people auditioning to say like one line on a radio commercial that people are going to fast forward. Yep. It's just so crazy. And then to see the casting process and who they pick and why they pick it like makes and how dressed up people would be for a radio commercial. Yep. It's yeah. just like, it's so crazy. Which is funny because now, you know, all the VO stuff, the voiceover stuff that I've uh, studied and worked on, it's always like, yeah, and you can show up in your pajamas and it doesn't matter doesn't at all. Matter. Um, so, okay. So then your dad didn't want you to do it because obviously that's a rough life. Yeah. But you decided to do it anyway. So what was the turning point moment? Or did you know when you were little, you were like, dad, shut up, I'm well, going to do this. Well, I was like one of those kids that was like practicing my Oscar speech in like the mirror like at a very young age. Ooh, do you remember any of it? I was probably like always just, I, well, I, well, one time in middle school, <laughs> we got to like do an acceptance, like a speech. We got to like do a speech and it could be about anything in the world. So like a lot of people were like, were like yeah, I'm so happy to like win the World Series or whatever. And like I was the only one who did my Oscar speech. Yeah. And it was like... <laughs> And all I remember was I hated my middle school director 
for the, the plays because he would never give me a good part. And then he, I did a story about this, how my senior year, I was up for the lead, Reno Sweeney and Anything Goes. Yes! And Sorry, I, I didn't mean to... I so, like, I was overqualified because it was in middle school, people didn't really care about theater. They just, like, kind of, like, it was, like, a thing to do because your friends were doing yeah, it. Right. Yeah. But, but, like, you were, like, no, I'm real. I'm really in well, this. And I took acting, acting, singing, dancing classes outside of it in a program called MTC. And at the same yes. time, I was in a play at the Westport Country Playhouse, which is, like, a which legit. Paul, legit. And yeah. I, was, I was, like, a lead in 42nd Street, yeah. which was, like, very tap dance heavy. And, yes. you know, so I was, like, ready. I was, like, overqualified. Everyone's, like, oh, Gabby's going to get it. Gabby's going to get it. Whatever. And then it's between me and these like two little girls and one's a junior and one's a senior and one's a senior like me who's pop and they're both really popular and I wasn't popular. He ends up double casting the role with the two girls <laughs> and making Fuck me him. their backup dancer. <gasps> Fuck him. Yeah. Why? Why? Just be and I, I like he I actually confront I called him yeah. up because I told a story You're like, about this it. This is clearly wrong. And I got an audio recording of him because I was like, hey, can I talk to you? You got one? an audio recording? Yeah, like today, like recently. I was like, hey, I, I'm doing this story and I just kinda wanna understand like why. And he like gave me this bullshit speech about how like I don't know why I cast who I cast. I just want to give people a chance and like but which is such so backwards to me because it's like, shouldn't you nourish the people that are passionate about it and like want to do it? Sure. But I think he fi- he figured like you're gonna go and do that anyway, yeah. and these other girls aren't ever gonna have a chance. But but you don't know that when you're in school, you're That's just what, like, yeah, you know, like you mm. need. He should have taken you aside and been like, "Listen, you're really talented. That you're in this for the long haul. These girls are probably a flash in the pan." Well, because it was like in the callbacks, it was like they didn't know any of the lines, they didn't know any of the song, like they couldn't even. And then sing, they got cast, and they got cast. And I was like, I was like, I knew everything. I was like super prepared. Like the music director like took me aside and was like, "Wow, you were like," and even said something. She was like kind of upset because I think they had made their decision yeah. and saying, saying something like, "I deserved it" or something. And I was like, "Oh, that means I got it." And then like right. I didn't. Um, uh, this was your senior. This was my eighth grade, eighth grade. In oh, eighth school. grade. So before going, you were to doing a, anything goes in eighth grade. That's yeah, a, it's kind of a dirty show. It is a dirty show, <laughs> but I think it's it's dirty that it kind of goes over your head. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. I because I and I didn't know that you were a tap dancer. By the way, a uh, little off topic, but uh, I'm also a tap dancer. Yeah. Well, I was for like ten I love, years. That's like and the only so, dance I can do. I can't like other dancing. I can't. Do you have shoes? Uh, not here. Because I there are two women who I work with at my restaurant who also have tap dancing histories and we're going to start taking classes I, together. I want so to. you should get I some should shoes. I should get some shoes. I really should. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was like really heartbreaking and then we got to do like a speech and so like, um, bless you. Bless and you. Thank you. Sorry. Don't so, And so like in my speech, I was like, and lastly, I want to thank the director's name for never giving me any roles and never giving me a chance but who taught me determination (laughs) (laughs) and everyone in the class was like you know like people are gonna tell him you said that like why like people thought they're like blown away that I like why did I say this like that because you knew you were right because this was your this was your high school movie moment yeah I have a story about that too I my high school director who I I go on and on and about her you've talked about her you talked about her on the live show. I did, and I have to tell Kent to bleep her name out. Um, my parents used to take out ads in the program, and they would kind of, like, throw subtle barbs at her. <laughs> oh, my God. That's so funny. And for the last show uh, that I did, I wanted one part. I got the other. I was pissed, so, like, my anger fueled me to have a to, to just method the fuck out of a tiny, shitty part. Yeah. And uh, at the back of the program, they, they had, like, congratulations, Phil, and they had, like... Uh, they did this whole like con- congratulatory speech for like my four years, and all around the borders were screws, because 
<laughs> I got screwed. Wait, you mean oh, like no. you mean like um Microsoft like, Paint like Microsoft um, Paint like Print Shop Pro like happy like anthropomorphic screws with arms and like smiles <laughs> all around the thing, and everybody knew that that yeah you know your, what your it's family good. is just so good at revenge that is just their best they're they're getting at- it right now with someone else right now with uh with between family members because one of my one of my family members defaced my grandfather's uh or the the Casal grave plot oh no because uh, because my father had not gotten the funds to do it himself mm-hmm. to to put my father my my grandfather's name on it in the way the place that he wanted to yet mm-hmm. because there's a whole court case. We're a little broke. So without my father's permission and without anyone's permission from the graveyard, uh, they went and put my father, my grandfather's name on it. They chisel it? They chiseled it. Oh, God. And so now they have to do the whole thing over. And oh, so my no. father's taken my uncle to court to get him to pay for the for like the, the, the fix of that. This is bothering me for some reason. I imagine it's tombstones are expensive. That I am Right? It's just granite. Do you know it's like $600 to cremate a cat? Six, you could burn in one in Westport, Connecticut. I say this because my cat Noel, may she rest in peace, who's been dead now for like five years. Her ashes are still sitting in like the vet uh, because we can't. Like my parents, are like we're not paying six hundred dollars for ashes, so they're just That's staying so in the vet. I think so. Or I don't know. I, how do you even know? Like, who, so the I cat mean, got cremated. You just don't get to take the ashes, yeah, unless you cough up. $600. Well, I think we owe them. Like probably oh. that we still probably owe them, and my parents are just like, I'm not paying that. And then our other cat Nellie's like about to die, and my parents. Oh, found Noelle out. and Nellie. Noelle and Nellie, and Nellie was named after South Pacific, not the rapper. Oh. But at the time, people were like, "You have a cat named after the rapper." I was this like, "No, why... it's L E I E." We bur- we buried all of our pets in the back in the backyard, oh. in specific yeah, places. Yeah, we buried our birdies, um, and sh- in- we put them in shoe boxes and buried them in the backyard. That's what they should have done. Yeah, yeah. Noelle. My father put them in a vac sealed bag and like buried them deep, and then like. Ew, but then it can't, like, rejoin the earth around it. will eventually, I imagine, because... No, plastic never dies. He put a part of the rose bush above him, so the rose bush has been, uh, like, growing upwards on the side of the house, and I imagine it's going downwards, and it tore into the bag, and now my cat is one with the rose bush. That's so cute. Yeah. It's kind of cool. What was your cat's name? Clovis. He was the third Clovis. They had a lot of cats named Clovis. That's so funny. We could have named uh, Kitty Clovis, It's like Snowball. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Um, so what are the other plays you did? Uh, okay, so in high school, uh, we did, well, let's see, in high school we did Music Man, which I was in the chorus for, but I thought I was going to get the lead because I did. Of course. Because I played Marion at camp. Because I also was really big at theater at camp, and my camp wasn't a theater camp, but I like did all the plays, and I was always the leads in yeah. theater camp. Uh, and then we did um, Into the Woods, and I was double, I was actually Cinderella's understudy, uh, but I was double cast as because that's what they did. They did understudies for the girls that they like didn't think they needed to double cast. Right, like they were yeah. So I was her understudy, and then um, I was double. But I was double cast as Snow White, which is like a nothing part that comes out at the very end of the three hour long play, <laughs> and has one line that she says with Sleeping Beauty that is ah oh, excuse me. Did and you that's have it. one theater director throughout all yes. of this time, Mr. Roth? And he Mr. clearly Roth. had David a problem Roth. with you, David yeah, Roth. I, David Roth. David yeah. Lee Roth. David. I, no. uh, but no, David he did, L. Roth. He did. Ha- I knew he had a problem. So basically, in, so then uh, my sophomore year, uh, I met my best friend, my gay best friend Clayton. Uh, he was a freshman, so he joined theater. You have. A, you also have a gay best friend named Clayton. No, but I know. I. Oh, he's not gay, but I always think he is. <laughs> oh come on! It's fine. He's a very dapper gentleman. No, he lives here. Do you know him? Do you think I'm I don't gay? think so? What? I'm kidding. I'm. <laughs> 
I think by now I would know whether, you, but also I do have a habit of, of dating men who can be mistaken for gay because they're very, you know, classy, That's stylish true. people. I could have dated you for like five and a half years for sanctuary from the, from the world of, of... We're not going to go into it here, but I know the reasons why you're not gay. So, right. so yeah, so Clayton and I uh, were best friends and we did all the plays together and we were convinced that Mr. Roth was out to get us because uh, he was... Clayton was an opera singer and like really, really talented. And I like in my head thought I was also really talented. And um, we were in, they we did the play Oliver. Yes. And my arch nemesis, who I'll say her name, Jenny Wilkes, uh, <laughs> was playing the role I was supposed to play on stage, but she got it. Uh-huh. And, um, and I was like so livid. And so instead... Uh, the part that Clayton and I got is we were singing corpses, which is like oh. not a role in in the song That's Your Funeral as Jenny was doing her terrible Cockney accent on stage playing the role. She was like, the I forget the name of the part, but there's like a part who's like in the, fu- works in like the funeral, like home that like when Oliver goes and has to like work in the funeral home. Yeah, I don't yeah. remember. So she's like playing that part that I'm sad. I have to hear her terrible acting as I'm behind the standing up corpse and our only thing is is during the song that's your funeral we both have to we open up these standing corpse and we go ooh ooh and then we close it that's that's horseshit I would have walked out and you would have thought that maybe it was just Clayton and I that were these corpse singing corpses but no I was female corpse number two there oh! was female corpse number one and Clayton was like male corpse number two and there was a male corpse number one and I think and I I think one of the corpses I don't know if it was the male or the female I think was in like special ed Oh, well, I think Mr. Roth hated you, Gabby. He hated me. <laughs> but why is why? that? I don't know. And were you a, so were you a person who was like great at it, like straight A student, like great at everything across the board? Or was it like, I don't give a shit about school. Like theater is my thing. I was an overachiever. And then when I got into Emerson, um, my like first, like the first half of senior, I got early, early acceptance. I, then I was like, fuck it. And my friend Christy and I used to like get high all the time and like reek of weed. Cause we were like, we already got our parts and we were like, yeah. You're like over it. Yeah. Um, and so I would, yeah, well that was the other thing. The last, my final role was in cabaret. Uh, I played Fraudline Cost, who yes. is the Nazi prostitute. Yeah. And the Nazitute. Yeah. And the fun <laughs> thing about Westport, Connecticut and doing, um, playing a Nazi prostitute. Everybody's singing, Jewish there. Yes, and it, the play came out around Hanukkah. And, oh! Uh, the only goy in uh, <laughs> what is Phil, in Phil, Westport. You're, you're screaming a lot during this episode. I'm, We're going to blow people's ears out. I'm not. I don't care. I'm my, I'm shocked at the, the tastelessness of a lot of this. And I had to sing the Nazi. I closed Act 1 singing the Nazi national anthem around <laughs> Hanukkah. That's awful. Tomorrow belongs to me. Yes, and I think actually my Jewish boyfriend Phil was in the audience. So and, uh, um, Oh, because you are not Jewish. I'm not Jewish. People think I am. I do forget this. Yeah. yeah me too. I mean, to be fair, um, for the listeners, Gabby is a very tall, <laughs> slender, blonde lady. But I do, I feel like I get a Jewish vibe from what you. What is your denomination? Italian. Well, but Catholic, okay. Cath- not Catholic, All Catholic right. Protestant. Yeah. Same. Italian. I'm I'm Italian Catholic. Yeah. So we I get Jewish. Yeah. Too. Uh, I get that. And my mom, like everyone is so blown, like their minds are blown when they find out my mom's not Jewish. She's from Brooklyn, so she has a really thick New York accent and yeah. she's like tiny and has dark hair. So people just and and uh, so people are always like, Oh, your mom's Jewish, right? I'm like, No. <laughs> like Well, you're an honorary Jew. Yeah, for, sure. honor for that. Yeah. When you grow up in a town full of mostly white people and you're Italian, yes. you kind of fall in with Jews sometimes. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You tend to. And I was like one of the few Italians too in like growing up. There was, I like really, I always, the theme with me was like I never felt like I fit in anywhere, even with theater. Cause it was like, cause Clayton and I, we loved theater, but we also partied. So like the theater kids like hated us cause we partied, but then the popular kids didn't like us because we did theater. Do you think Mr. Roth hated you guys cause you partied? Probably. <laughs> Is that, were you like big partiers? 
Oh, no, Cleena and I would like go into the city. Like our parents would give us money to go see like a Broadway play and yeah. we would use the money on like fake IDs and like going to like gay bars. <laughs> we like <laughs> thought we were so fun. <laughs> but that's 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 experience. Yeah, and we we thought we were like we acted like we were celebrities when we we weren't. I remember one time it was like Halloween and we like didn't have costumes so Clayton convinced me to like we would be sexy mummies and we'd wrap ourselves <laughs> up in like toilet paper and we were at we went to Starbucks I think to like be seen and like a popular girl came up to us and they're like, "Oh, what are you guys doing?" And Clayton was just like, "We're going into the city for a party." <laughs> <laughs> and we like did it. Are you in touch with Clayton still? Uh, kind of. Uh, he yeah he he doesn't he lives in like uh, he doesn't go back to his family is not in Westport anymore. So yeah. like when that happens, I feel like you kind of lose touch. Yeah. But we like we talk sometimes. Yeah. Oh man. Well, you got to have like a real grown up experience anyway. And I and I maintain that if you if Mr. Roth had liked you and you had gotten all that star treatment, you wouldn't have felt as compelled to work as hard to get where you wanted to go after. Maybe, but the thing is, is I kind of never did theater really after that because because I didn't get good parts, my parents kind of didn't believe in me to like pursue acting in college, which is what I really wanted to do. So what did you pursue instead? I was a broadcast journalism major because in my head I was like, I love writing and I love performing and I like yeah. thought that that's what like journal, I thought like they were performers. Sure. Same. Um, but it was kind of cool because like hosting became a thing that I learned. Yep. Um, but then also in college, um, I kind of got discovered. We did like, but they never really went. We, we did these, um, the executive producer of Friends went like taught at Emerson as an artist in residency. Mm -hmm. And so he was producing all these pilots. And so he brought, he like saw me hosting our like morning show and was like, oh, I, I think she should be in this like pilot. And like since then I had like, starred and like created like all these shows with him in college what yeah which was awesome it was like the best experience ever but then when I like graduated college and came to LA I was like oh yeah I already have all these like pilots and people were like yeah cool get me coffee so um <laughs> things are great <laughs> but that's what where stand-up came from which I'm not really pursuing as much anymore because it doesn't feel authentic to me I totally understand. You have to follow what feels authentic. Yeah, it just doesn't feel real to me anymore. I'm like, I just like, I can't tell like dick jokes when I'm like in a serious relationship. Yeah. Well, listeners, <laughs> stay tuned because Gabby and I are will be hosting a show soon. Yes. That will be a combination stand up storytelling on the theme of anxiety. Yes. And you're on my next uh, show and storytell. I can't wait. Coming up. That's on great. the twenty third. Yes. Fun. Yes. yes. Is it at Bar Lubitsch? It's at Bar Lubitsch, and it's from eight to nine thirty on the twenty third. She hasn't been there yet. And I'm trying to get her to like. No, no, I have. Oh, you have. When have <laughs> yeah. you? When did that happen? I popped in just to look she was at on it. On a oh, date. You didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's great in there. Uh, I, love I love that place too. It's a great place to have a show. Yeah. Do you? So would you like? So tell tell the listeners a little bit about the about the show. Oh, what sure. It is. Um, so the show is called Show and Storytell, and it has the theme of show and tell, where you have to pass around an item to the audience and tell a story about it. So I I did I brought the diary on the very first show, and my co-host Sean Binder and I kind of went through it, and we're laughing at it. And then um, it could be anything. like, And sometimes the thing you item you bring could just be symbolic. Like mm -hmm. I told a story about a guy I dated in college who I had to buy women's <laughs> red corduroys for. It's and such so a good story. <laughs> And so I like bought a pair of red corduroys from Forever 21 and like passed them around. <laughs> but like, so it could be symbolic. It doesn't have to be the actual item from the story. I know. Story. I have to think about this. I have to think yes. about what I want to do. Yeah. Great. Figure one out. Yeah. Um, well, amazing. Gabby, I'm going to give you a gift. <gasps> what? Because you know, this is how it works. Oh my God. It works. Just just this take is... it with you. If, you, just... if you're going to throw it out, throw it out at a site. But... Yeah. I don't know why. For whatever reason, like when I was going through my, like, you know, detritus, my, my box full of goodies from uh -huh. my childhood home, uh, I don't know why I have this. I think it might have come from like a bridal shower, oh. like centerpiece or something. Not, bri not, it would, bri 
Or like a baby shower centerpiece, a like flower. maybe a friend's mom. It's a dead flower. No, it's like a unicorn Aww, head on a I stick. It's a dead unicorn so head cute. on a stick. And it kind of matches your diary. Oh my God, it does. It's, I, it could be my little bookmark. I think it was from a centerpiece from a baby shower. So oh yeah, cute. yeah. There, that's um, perfect. Great, I'm glad. It was a gender reveal. It's a female horse. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. I love it. You're so welcome. You. And um, yeah, uh, so... Uh, you don't have to talk. You don't have to plug your book if you don't want to talk about your book. Oh no! But I think not, it's a great I, idea. I, it's, well, yes. I mean, I could I, basically what happened is I had this book. Uh, it was at a book agency, and they were like, "Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it." And then they they ghost the book agent ghosted on me, which is God a funny a funny thing to do to someone who's writing a dating book. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, and so yeah, wrist for the mill. So I have to kind of rework it a little bit. Um, you did so much. work I did on so it. much work, but I have to. I think maybe like coming up with a different angle, or I do feel like the dating world talking about dating feels a little oversaturated to me. Mm-hmm. So I have to find, I mean, I have a good angle for it, which is that I have been on like, uh, you know, easily uh, 10,000 hours worth of dates in my twenties. Cause I was single for like all my twenties. Uh, and so, wow. so you're an expert. I, that's what I think. But then I feel like everyone calls themselves a dating expert. And I'm just like, <laughs> what if it's like a young adult book about dating in the dystopian future? Oh, that's good. Okay. There you go. That's that. Yeah. I could rewrite that, but it, it's that's, supposed to be a guidebook. Checks every box. And um, it's, it's fun. There's like a lot of, like it's, I don't know. Drawings. Drawings and, and, and school screens. So hopefully maybe then this year it'll get published. And then I could actually talk about it. <laughs> well, listen, soon the economy will collapse and then it will be a society based on actual um, merit and yeah. uh, we'll all be just living off the cabbages that we grow in our backyard. So... <laughs> um. That's true. Listeners want to apologize for yelling. This your whole high school experience resonated deeply with mine. Yeah. And in the uh the constantly being slapped down by someone. But you know what's so funny is we have so many famous people now from high school who did players. So he must be doing something right. Maybe I'm just like not meant to be an actor. Yeah, all minor English teachers. No, that's what he wanted you to think, but he was wrong. <laughs> I mean, the guy who wrote all the lyrics to La La Land was in like my like did theater. What? Yeah, at, at not Emerson at, Stap- at Staples for real. Um, uh, the gr- a girl who just wrote the post, which is like uh mm-hmm. like probably gonna get an Oscar, mm-hmm. uh, was also in the around the same time I was there, uh, and uh, a girl who stars in Glow, also who which one? Uh, Britt Barron. Cool. Yeah, and I like interviewed her on the Elite Daily Show, not knowing that we like both went to the same <laughs> high school because she was like a year. She, I, I wasn't in high school at the same time, yeah. and it was just like such a mind blowing experience. I was like, oh my god, and I was like, did you get good parts? And she's like, yeah, and I'm like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have a good part in the play that is my life. Oh my god, thank you, thank you guys. So um, much. and uh, I'm so glad that you came and joined yeah. us. Yeah. I hope I don't get killed by like saying too much about. <laughs> My We're all gonna teacher. get killed some t- someday. Not no one killed, gets out of here like, alive. Like, you can imagine what she said. No, so much gonna... shit talk. <laughs> I have to. Yeah, still I, bitter. <laughs> I retroactively texted uh, Kent to like get rid of everything that I referenced. Does he to, actually so. do that? I don't think he does. Well, he does. He then he tells me to be more careful every time, and then I do it anyway because I'm. I'm Stop I'm... bothering him. We're not even paying him. <laughs> don't. <laughs> one day we'll pay you, Kent. <laughs> one day. All right, my friends. Well, this has been the Bitch Seat Podcast with Gabby Conti. Certainly has been. I'm Lissa. I'm Phil. And you should follow us on Twitter at the underscore bitch underscore seat. Or on Instagram at the Bitch Seat. Or on Facebook, Facebook at the bitch, seat. the bitch Seat. And if you're in LA, come to Nerd Melt on 222 at 9 p.m. for a very exciting fourth birthday show. And as always, treasure, treasure what, what got, got you, you here. here.
Attention Springwood, my name is Josh Krebs. And I'm Liz Richards. And we're the hosts of Bloody Date Night. So Josh and I have been dating for four years, and Josh loves horror movies, and I hate him. Yeah, so each episode we go through the horror movie franchise canon to watch an episode and then meet up and we discuss it together. And so far it's been going pretty well, right Liz? I think it's gone pretty well so far. Yeah, each episode I try to see how far I can push Liz to watch a really good horror movie until she basically leaves me and it hasn't worked yet. Not yet. And it's awesome because you're the Tatum to my Sydney. You're sweet. And here's a clip from one of our recent episodes. Hello, I'm Exposition. Hey, let me let me tell you what just happened. There's a break-in at this costume store. Somebody stole some ropes, some knives. Somebody stole a mask. They stole $250. They scared a cat. They took two boas. They took two boas. Two feather boas, one I, set of angel wings. It's one of those goddamn... They're probably having a burlesque. <laughs> probably doing a burlesque show later. I don't know. Oh, Haddonfield. What isn't happening? Haddonfield's first burlesque. Burlesque club. That'd be amazing. I would love that. Um, the Lacey Pumpkin. The la- Ooh. This has been an Atlantic Transmission production. Hey!